following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals. Yeah, no, 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 none of that cute shit this week. I'm pissed off. I got a lot to talk about, and I got a lot of people I'm pissed off at. I got a list of people. I'm looking at it right now. We're going to just swing away here. This podcast is not for children or liberals or any of the fucktards that decided to take it upon themselves to ruin everything good about one of the greatest political movements in modern history, if not the single greatest political movement in all of history. And this is just completely now dead and done because a bunch of fucking idiots decided to march into the Capitol with a, I, I, the, I don't even understand what they thought they were trying to accomplish. So on the list of people, Harrison Bergeron, your host of the Right Opinion Podcast, is pissed off at this week. Let's start with the rioters. These fucktards, these, these ass clowns, these, these, my God, I don't even have enough terms to come up with for these people um, trying to keep it as PC as possible. But this worthless sack of cunts that decided to march into the U.S. Capitol and, and make a fucking mockery of the greatest political movement in American history. Fuck every one of these people. I hope they all get locked up. I hope they all get the book thrown at them. Fuck it, treason and the death penalty, not off the table as far as I'm concerned. As a matter of fact, if the Capitol Police completely mowed every one of these fuck faces down with a hail of gunfire, I would not have been upset in the least. That woman, Ashley Babbitt, we're going to get to her a little bit later on, Fuck all the fucktards on the right that are on social media. Say her name. Fuck you. That woman is a fucking clown, just like you, and like her, you deserve to get shot in the fucking face. She only got shot in the neck, but frankly, full-blown shotgun blast to the face was merited. You do not, under any circumstances, folks, look, I know, I know the circumstances are dire right now. I get it. I've been broadcasting about it for the better part of the last couple of years. I fully understand where you're at. The lockdowns, you're unemployed, the election was stolen, the, the fucking deep state won another one. I get it. I get it. I get it, okay? Of anybody who fucking gets it, of anyone you know if you're listening to this, I fucking get it. But what in fuck's name did you think you were going to accomplish by storming in there? Again, all you've done is erased any of the goodwill, any of the good faith that the Trump movement had garnered over the last four years. The little bit it was able to pull through the bajillion filters of fucking academia and the mainstream media and big tech. There were objectively good things that came out of the Trump administration. Even the leftists on the me in the media were starting to acknowledge them now because Trump was gone. This, this, this now puts a sour taste in everyone's mouth about the Trump presidency. It virtually erases any possibility that he'll now be able to run in 2024. His children's political aspirations are all completely fucking shot to hell now. Not that I was super excited about those, but if they were going to continue where their, where their father left off, I'd be at least interested in hearing what they have to say and seeing, you know, weighing it against what else the Republicans have to offer. But we're going to get to some of the Republicans in, in the, the future here. Um, the, the Republicans of the future in the near future is probably the better way to say that. Uh, I got a lot of things to say about those people. But these fucking morons marching into the Capitol, taking Nancy Pelosi's lectern, taking selfies in the middle. Look, I mean, I know there's all these reports out there that there was some Antifa people that infiltrated, may have even instigated 
all of this. And that may very well be true, although there's a lot of reports obviously out there refuting it. Frankly, as far as yours truly is concerned, it doesn't matter because enough fucking QAnon-driven fucking loser retard incels decided to fucking march in right behind those Antifa people. So whether they were instigated, infiltrated, whatever it was, they still went along with the crowd. Okay, there was tens of thousands of people that were there that day and maybe hundreds that actually got anywhere near the inside of the Capitol building. Those people suck. Every one of them sucks. Anybody who was standing there watching this go on, not standing up for the cause, for the president, for what's right, and, and pointing out to these ass clowns that it's the same shit that we bitched about the entire summer from Antifa and from Black Lives Matter. You are now doing it on the grandest stage of all of them and doing it for the whole world to see. But I mean, let's not even, aside from the fact that it was stupid, it was never going to accomplish anything, and every one of these people deserve to be shot in the fucking face. Now, do you think you think there's you don't think there's a terrorist cell out there going? Wow, that was pretty easy. We just stormed the the the, the hundred people fucking flagpoles just stormed the Capitol building. Maybe we should take a run at this. You don't think China's looking at that fucking laughing at us? This is the world power that we're supposed to be also scared about. Fucking Winnie the Pooh is over there laughing his ass off uh, in his in his present in his fucking you know <laughs> Mao Zedong fucking pajamas that he's got on. And, and now we're looking at, I mean, God, I mean, we've now become everything that we hated. And, and it's not we, it's a very, very small percentage of people. Granted, it was a very small percentage of the Black Lives Matter protesters as well, but it is a very small percentage of now the right wingers that are now ruining it for everybody. The, even the few people that were on the left in these riots, I mean, as terrible as they were and as equally horrible as what they did to what happened on Wednesday was, now, you know, the media is not going to paint it that way, okay? The media championed those people, ignored them, cast them out as fringe people. Every single Trump supporter is now the fucktards that charged into the Capitol building. Congratulations, guys. Again, you've undone the goodwill and the good faith that was bestowed upon us by one of the greatest political movements of all time. It was not merely enough that we kept Hillary Clinton out of the White House. We needed to do more than that, and we failed. We failed, okay? I sat here on this podcast and talked about how little I did or how much more I could have done, and and that still stands true. We failed. Every single one of those people that were in that Capitol, I'm sure most of them don't even have a podcast, so they're doing less than I'm doing, and they decided now, after the drunk driver killed the whole family, that they're going to take the keys away from the drunk driver. No, we decided, we decided through our inaction to allow this shit to happen. We decided to sit back and let big tech have the power it has over us that was it, it, that enabled them to influence enough people to think that Joe Biden was the best candidate for president. We allowed the mainstream media and the supposed experts in the scientific community to lock us in our homes, to make in, make mail-in balloting a thing, to take away your jobs, to allow fucking Black Lives Matter people to, to, to protest and burn down your cities and ruin your small businesses. So even if you could possibly be open by some fucking miracle due to some, you know, governor who isn't a tyrannical lunatic, then your, your business has now been burned to the ground, so even if you could go work, you can't go work. I understand the frustration of all of these people. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. What I don't get is that you thought 
that a bad situation was going to somehow be improved by a fuck ton of lunacy, which is now forever and always going to be the lasting image of the Trump administration is that retard with the fucking, you know, the, the, the horn hat standing at Nancy Pelosi's seat or where Pence was standing, I guess, the, the president of the Senate seat. It is absolutely ridiculous that this happened, that people were applauding it, that people were in any way, shape, or form okay with this. If you know people like that, and anybody who was involved in this, anybody who sympathizes with these people on the level that they're starting to make excuses for what happened here, fuck all of you. Take all of your MAGA shit, take your Trump flags, your fucking Nancy Pelosi sucks pens, your 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 MAGA hats, your, your bumper stickers, take all of it. I want you to put it in a fucking Tupperware box. I want you to go out in the backyard. I want you to dig a big fucking hole, and I want you to bury it back there. I want you to forget and never acknowledge that you were ever part of this political movement because you have ruined any good thing that could have possibly come out of this. The Republican Party wasn't dead. We got a kickstart from Donald Trump. It was on its last legs. This guy came back in and saved it. And in one day, you undid four to five years of awesome president of an awesome presidency, of an awesome political movement. And now this is the end of it. I need you to all just forever pretend that you voted for Joe Biden, you voted for Hillary Clinton, because I don't want you people fucking associated with anybody who even vaguely resembles my political ideologies. You're not like the rest of us. You're a fucking idiot. You fell for a bunch of online nonsense. You stormed into the Capitol building thinking that this was going to somehow overturn. You thought you were fucking George Washington charging in there, crossing the Delaware, and you couldn't have been any further from it. You are a complete and utter waste of fucking oxygen, and I hope you all just go away forever. Move out of the country, move to California, move what whatever you got to do, just go away, for, just pretend you were never ever part of the MAGA movement to begin with because you certainly have not done us any service whatsoever. You are shameful, you are disgusting. I hope every single one of you gets locked up and enjoys a long, long anal raping in a prison. And that's putting it nicely, folks. So there's the moron rioters. And now to the media. <sighs> Where do we even begin? So now let, let's start with the nonsense that Don Lemon and many of the other idiots on the left have been espousing, is that if this was Black Lives Matter or whatever, it would have been a bloodbath. Actually, that was Fredo decided to to say that it would be a bloodbath, which is weird because I'm pretty sure we let riots go on for months over the summer. The very people, the police that were being protested against and being called systemically racist were actually kneeling with those rioters, not trying to stop them from getting into the Capitol, futilely so, but they were at least making an attempt along the way. Um, the, 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 the notion that these rioters that are even being condemned by most mainstream conservatives are in any way similar to the Black Lives Matter rioters that were being championed by the left wing and by the mainstream media, which is just the same thing at this point. I don't even know why I try bother to make a distinction. I just want you to know I'm talking about both of them. I actually just got a great little thing that was sent to me uh, via email at the right opinion pod at gmail.com from one of our listeners here. I don't know if he wants me to give out his name, um, so, but, so I won't just in case. Um, but he sent me this quick little thing, and it's uh, it's just like a little little chart that just shows you how manufactured the outrage is about this Capitol riot versus the Black Lives Matter riot. It says, 
your outrage is manufactured. And on the left, it was like a list of things about the Black Lives Matter riots and a list of things about the Capitol riot on the right-hand side, appropriately so. So we got Black Lives Matter riots lasted seven months. The Capitol riot lasted several hours. The Black Lives Matter riots were condemned mostly by Republicans. The Capitol riots were, were condemned by all Republicans and all Democrats. The Black Lives Matter riots, encouraged by the media and by politicians, and the Capitol riot was only really encouraged by fringe political groups. The, blue, the Black Lives Matter riots had, you know, obviously police force was used, same as the Capitol riots. Don Lemon was pretending that they weren't gassing, uh, tear gassing these rioters when Elijah Schaefer of The Blaze, who was actually on the ground reporting, was reporting that the tear gas was so thick it was creating a, quote, zero visibility scenario end quote, because you literally couldn't see through all the tear gas. They were deploying so much tear gas. So Don Lemon conveniently ignoring the facts that everything that he says are completely wrong, <laughs> which is just typical Don Lemon, I know. But it's even more frustrating when, you know, in a, in a time like this, he's going to make a narrative like that out of whole cloth and turn it into yet another 15 minutes of fame for some fucking bonkers, the ass backwards, only America in the 21st century could possibly, you know, produce sort of scenario. So police force used in both cases there. In the Black Lives Matter riots, 23 plus people were shot dead over the course of that several, uh, seven months. One person was shot dead in the several hours of the Capitol riot. Four, I'm sorry, 700 officers were injured in the Black Lives Matter rally, uh, riots rather, while the Capitol riot, only 14 officers were injured. In the Black Lives Matter riots, 150-plus federal buildings had been damaged. In the Capitol riot, one federal building was damaged. In the Black Lives Matter riots, hundreds of small businesses were destroyed. In the Capitol riot, zero small businesses were destroyed. I'm not making any excuses for any of these people. Again, fuck them. Fuck them hard and fuck them often with the biggest, most painful object we can fuck them with. But at the end of the day, the idea that the media is so fucking outraged about what just happened here, and oh my god, the same people that don't give a fuck about the national anthem, about the flag, they now all of a sudden they love the Capitol building. Yeah, all right. They didn't give a shit when Lincoln was getting pulled down from statues across all across the country, but now all of a sudden they, they care about the, the heritage and the history of America. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. You're ridiculous. And like I mentioned before, several times at this point, I believe, the Black Lives Matter riots, uh, or the peaceful protests, the quote, mostly peaceful protests, speaking of which, real quick on that, let's do a, a quick thing of math on this. So the, the Black Lives Matter riots, there was that statistic going around that, you know, 93% of them were peaceful, meaning 7% of them were not. Okay, let's do the math on the Capitol, right? Tens of thousands of people were there. And maybe hundreds of people actually got to the point to where they were, you know, being committing some sort of crime. So, you know, it sounds to me like 99% of the Capitol riot was mo was peaceful and the 1% was not. So even in this particular instance here, putting the two side by side, one, again, only lasting for several hours and the other lasting for seven months. And don't worry, they'll kick back up again here soon. Um, it, it, it's not even, it's, it's not even a comparison. The Capitol riot was disgusting, but to compare it to the Black Lives Matter riots, which were continuously happening over the course of months, being championed by the police. Remember the Chaz slash Chop? Remember that? 
a group of anarchists or a group of whatever they were, they were being called anarchists. That's not exactly what it was. A bunch of Marxist terrorists took over the middle of a fucking major city in the United States. No, that's, that's, that's cool. But like one afternoon of a bunch of flag-waving fucktards takes over the Capitol building and now it is the end of days. Again, it was terrible. It was awful. But it wasn't even as bad as stuff that we saw over the summer that was not only being, you know, it, it not only was it not being condemned, it was being championed. And you got people like Chris Cuomo, I got the quote here for you right now, I'm going to play the clip. Uh, this is him reacting to the Black Lives Matter riots. I wonder where this sentiment is now. Now, too many see the protest as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Uh, the First Amendment, Fredo. This is why he's Fredo. This, this precise type of rhetoric is why he's Fredo. He's the guy who pretended he was stuck in a basement when he was actually out house shopping or whatever the fuck he was. Literally got into an altercation with a citizen who ratted him out. It was a front page story in a major publication that was probably censored by mainstream media. And, and then he had the balls, the audacity, the, the nerve to, uh, to, to do that whole propaganda video of him walking out of a basement. Now he's all of a sudden outraged about these, these protests, whereas before he was just asking, where does it say it needs to be peaceful? This guy's a lawyer, by the way. He's got a JD. You would think he would know the First Amendment of the Constitution giving people the right to peaceably assemble. But, you know he's smarter than the rest of us he's on cnn he's a talking head and i'm just some schmuck sitting here at a pseudo kitchen table in a condominium so you know i'm i'm obviously should should just i really should just bow to his infinite wisdom but the media it's just a bunch of look the media is going to media right it, it, that that we expect as for the republicans i mean i guess i sort of expect this as well but man these are the most politically unsavvy people perhaps ever I mean, like, they have the right principles if they actually believe the things they say. They believe in individual freedom. A lot of these people are, are against the endless wars, which is really, really what Trump did more than anything was to to raise the, the, the bar for the Republican Party. It's not enough to be in, 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 you know, about conserving the Constitution. That's one thing. But one thing that the Republicans have always had a problem with is that they've been war hawks. They've loved to go to war. They love to start them. They love to feed all of their buddies that are, you know, private contractors and and have, you know, companies like Halliburton and stuff like that. They're just that that's always been their MO. But Trump has driven this new anti-war sentiment in the Republican Party. We we love the troops so much we don't want them out there fighting wars that don't make any goddamn sense. And that's something that that, you know, hopefully if anything can stick from the Trump administration, because unfortunately, a lot of the good things are not going to stick. But this this is one that I think has some legs in the Republican Party, because a lot of people, when you talk, when you go out to rallies, you talk to people who are Trump supporters, a lot of people are on board with that more than anything. And even some of the moderates, some of the people that have been pulled to the right over the course of the last four years, a lot of them have noticed that the Democrats have suddenly become the pro-war party. And the Republicans have suddenly become the party of peace. We'll see if that continues into the Biden administration and beyond. But that that shift seems to have occurred in the last 10 years. And that's something that the, the George W. Bush Republican Party 
probably couldn't have even fathomed, and now here we are. That said, the dumbass Republicans of today, where do I begin? Um, Nikki Haley. Let's start with Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley never ceases to find an opportunity to put her foot firmly in her mouth when it comes to pure politics. Again, she's got all the right principles if she believes what she says. I loved her as the ambassador to the UN. I thought she did some great things there, shaking things up a little bit, and uh, and, and really having a pro-America, pro-Israel agenda as they are one of our biggest allies in the world. And to sit on a body like the UN that has Saudi Arabia on their Human Rights Council, and then watch them shit on Israel over and over again. Nikki Haley was one of the people, along with anyone you know, representing the Trump administration, that really went in there and was like, no, you, no, we're not doing this shit anymore. This is ridiculous. And uh, and rather than having sort of a, a laissez-faire stance on the Middle East, the, the Trump administration had particularly pushed, and Nikki Haley, I believe, played a pretty good role in that as her time in the as the ambassador to the UN. That said, you know, she she caved on the whole Confederate flag thing, which, like, oh, look, I'm not a Confederate flag fan. I'm not somebody who demands that one fly, but I think people should be able to fly them without, you know, being accused of being complete, utter racist monsters. That flag means a lot of things to a lot of people. It represents just kind of the South more generally. It, it represents sort of a rebellious nature inherent in all Americans. It represents Leonard Skinner to some people. I mean, that that's kind of what I think of when I see that flag. And I understand there's people out there that might see it and think of different things. But she completely caved on this issue here to the point to where you could just tell she'll be caving on any other cancel culture-y sort of issue moving forward. Is that one, you know, a, a little bit more cut and dry than others? Probably, as far as the politics of it go. But man, here she is again, taking the first opportunity she, she can to swing at Donald Trump in the wake of all this saying, you know, his rhetoric and yada yada, it's inexcusable, it's unpresidential. Honey, I don't know who you think you're kidding, but we all know you've got your eye on the 2024 nomination. Shitting on the most popular person in your party, not a great idea. Even if his popularity is waning now, as is, is it appears that the, you know, the sun is setting on his political career, Donald Trump ain't going anywhere. He's going to have a lot to say. If he's not in that primary in 2024, he's going to have a lot of you know, swing as far as what the base ends up doing and where we end up throwing our support. Ain't going to Nikki Haley when she comes out and says shit like this. Possibly even dumber than Nikki Haley is Ted Cruz. Folks, I like Ted Cruz. Again, he believes all the right things. He says all the right things. He's got all the qualifications in the world. I kind of like his like trollery sort of snarkiness. He's got a little Trump in him. Except he's obviously not like a billionaire playboy philanthropist, or not that Bill, not that Trump is a philanthropist, neither here nor there at the moment. But the uh, the dumbass Republican hood in in Ted Cruz came out in full effect over the course of January sixth, two thousand and twenty one. So he sticks his neck out and is the senator that was willing to sign some of these rebuttals, some of these challenges to the electoral votes in this big you know hearing that they were having to tally the electoral votes. He sticks his neck out. Why is he doing this? Well, it's obvious why he's doing this, anybody who's been paying attention. Ted Cruz has been trying to milk that Trump support since Donald Trump won the nomination. He realized that there's something here. Obviously, it beat him in the primary. It was down to Cruz and Trump, and Trump won. So Cruz, being the savvy politician you would think he is, uh, decides to take a step back and go, all right, well, what happened here? What did I miss about this? And it's that American first, that populism, that daringness, that that ability of Donald Trump 
to spit into the wind on occasion. You know, like he, he just doesn't even care if it's going to come back and hurt him in the short term. He's going to fight the media. He's going to fight the Democrats. He's going to say some things in, in ways that maybe they shouldn't be said like that. But he's going to say them anyway. He'll backstep later and try to, you know, polish it a little bit because, again, He's to be taken seriously, not always literally. The guy is not the greatest communicator in the world, but he managed to communicate himself to the highest office in the land. Uh, So he's not exactly a chump on that front either. So uh, there there are times, obviously, he puts his his foot in his mouth, and I'm I'm always here to point that out right here on the right opinion.podbean.com. But uh, yeah, just Ted Cruz. So he goes out of his way for four or five years to try to get all of the that Trumpy support. He tried to put himself in that same orbit as Trump so that when Trump ultimately goes away, he could just scoop it all up and run with it. Then now he's got the support that he had in 2016 plus the Trump support that beat him in 2016. He's a force to be reckoned with. He sticks his you know neck out again, signs these. Um, one senator has to sign the complaints made by at least one representative. He stuck his neck out, stood up, got an applause from the Republicans, really looked like a fucking monster there for a second. Good for Ted Cruz. I don't even know that he believes this, but the fact that he's willing to stick his neck out and sign his name on the dotted line meant something to me as a Trump supporter that was desperate for one of these guys to really step forward and, and say, like, enough is enough with this. We, we all know what happened here. And we'll probably find out what happened here, and it'll be too late by then. And Ted Cruz just said, look, all we need to do, let's put together a committee. It was probably going to be totally theater, even if he got what he wanted, which he probably knew he was never going to get anyway. All of this, again, seems very politically savvy, which is all the more frustrating when later in the day, when the media comes to Ted Cruz and says, oh, do you feel at all responsible for these riots? And he, boom, immediately on a dime, turns on Trump and does the same shit Nikki Haley did. Nikki Haley was at least smart enough to not stick her neck out for him in the first place, only to turn back around and stab him. Ted Cruz put his entire political career on the line by saying, I'm standing with Trump on this thing. I'm going to sign some of these complaints. I'm going to be the senator that legitimizes some of these complaints, brings it to the point that we actually have to have a two-hour debate here in Congress. And instead of a two-hour debate in Congress, we got the fucktard invasion. And, uh, and Ted Cruz then immediately turns around and sells Donald Trump down the river. The first opportunity that he gets basically unraveling everything that he did for the last four years. Again, there's a part of me that likes Ted Cruz. I like the snarkiness. I like the qualifications. I like that, 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 that sophisticated Texas attorney kind of thing. Like, I like all of that. I like what he stands for. I like that he, you know, he really does believe in individual freedom, and he does seem to be sort of part of this new populist anti-war Republican movement that I think has some legs, or at least did, until January 6th. And now Ted Cruz, if it ha- if he had legs at all heading into 2024, just shot them both out from underneath himself. Which brings me to Josh Hawley. He hasn't done anything yet, but I, I really... Folks, Josh Hawley is the Bobby Jindal of Paul Ryan's, okay? We need to really keep an eye on this kid for one of two reasons. A, he could be a real star for us. I think I think he's he was one of the people that stood up like Cruz for this. He's smart enough, savvy enough to understand that he needs to try to win over this Trump support if he wants a shot in 2024. He's already one of the youngest members of Congress now, and for him to then run um, 
but yeah, I believe he's yeah, I believe he's one of the younger members of Congress for him to then run for the presidency in 2024 would be quite a trajectory for his political career and yeah, I think he he wants to you know ride the hot hand here he's he's kind of a name he's he's young he's flashy he's been you know very visible in a lot of these hearings that have involved either the impeachment or the Russia thing or um, now the election stuff so he he's keeping his name out there and it's always again kind of in the Trump orbit he's trying to put himself on that level so that when Trump steps down from that level he's just there already he doesn't need to really do a lot of work people already like him the Trump support will just kind of cascade over into his coffers and that'll be it and now he's got the situation with this book which kind of brings me to the censorship issue which I want to touch on before I leave here and I probably will, but Josh Hawley was about to put out a book with Simon & Schuster. They decided to pull the book, and he's going to sue for whatever reason. Simon & Schuster, much like Facebook or Twitter, have every right to be able to yank any product that they don't want to finance at any given time. Uh, he will take the book to another publisher, no doubt. He'll put a little foreword in it about how it was banned from Simon & Schuster, and it will work very nicely with the theme of the book, which just so happened to be censorship and big tech tyranny. <laughs> so uh, there is an element of that. Plus, obviously, Antifa showed up on Josh Hawley's front doorstep recently. So all the pieces are in place for this guy to really be a rock star in the party. Problem is, A, I, I, I feel like like when I say he's the Bobby Jindal of, of Paul Ryan's is that he, on paper, looks like everything that we might want for a future candidate. A, can he ride that momentum for four years? And B, is he going to actually pull through? Or is he going to just be Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney and all of these other cookie-cutter Republicans that looked and sounded and smelt and felt like the type of guy that we want and then ends up just being yet another disappointment? So far, I mean... There's been an element of, of you know, uh, the guy's got some fight in him. Is that legit or is that to try to win over the Trump support? And honestly, of the three politicians that I just named, all three of which will be trying to run on the Republican ticket in 2024, Hawley's in the best spot right now because the other two just shot themselves in the foot. He is not only being a victim of the same censorship as Donald Trump, he's being a victim of the terrorist activities of Antifa and he rode with Trump till the end on this, and to my knowledge, did not throw him under the bus just yet. So we're keeping an eye on Josh Hawley. I'm not making any promises. I'm not throwing my endorsement behind him the way I do with a guy like Dan Crenshaw. Um, I, I just think he's going to be a player, and I'm, I'm telling you to just be skeptical because we've seen these guys come through before. We've seen the Paul Ryans, the Mitt Romneys, the guys that just kind of look and feel like everything you want in a candidate— he kind of just, he's that poster boy. He's got, you know, he's got a nice smile and he's got like a, he's got like a flair about how he speaks and he's got these supposedly conservative principles. We'll, we'll find out how conservative they are as he continues to try to make a name for himself in the halls of Congress on his run up to potentially, you know, filling the halls of the White House. But um, that, yeah, like I said, the big tech tyranny and all that sort of stuff, really shame on us, first and foremost, for ever giving these companies the power that we gave them in the first place, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of these things are what they are if we didn't all join them and make them a daily part of our lives, and, you know, there had been people the entire time saying, like, hey, guys, maybe this isn't such a good idea, man, eh, fuck it, what's the harm, well, now they have control over everything, they are the new public square, and they have all the protections in the world 
from our own government to just willy-nilly censor people that they disagree with. So instead of them being treated, I've talked about this distinction a bajillion times on the show, instead of them being treated like a publisher, which is what they are when they decide to ban the president of the United States from their platform because they don't like what they said and they have a a very loose and obviously very left-leaning interpretation of what actually took place on January 6th, Donald Trump was not at any point in time, you know, he uses some rhetoric that says, you know, we're going to fight. He didn't mean this stuff literally. Again, take him seriously. Don't take him literally. But they'll take these clips out and they'll be like, oh, look what he said. He told them to go fight. He told them we were, we're not going to take it and we're going to go storm and blah, blah, blah. And they'll do all this like, you know, fucking hand jive to make it sound like the guy was saying to go burn down the Capitol building like it's 1812 again. That was not at all what he was saying. He was very adamant about how much he wanted people to go home. He wanted everyone to remain peaceful. Of course, people would have known this had Twitter not suspended his account in the middle of the day, so you had to get it kind of roundabout from the press secretary. Ultimately, they unlocked his account, let him back in. He put out a video where he conceded the election. He told everybody to go home, to remain peaceful, that this was a national disgrace, and that there will be a smooth transition of power. So all of the stuff that everybody's wanted to hear from him for weeks on end now occurred on the day where everything became official, which is exactly when he was going to do it anyway. He was going to challenge these results until every legal option was 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 explored. He said that in his speech. We tried every legal option. Didn't work out. I'm upset about it too. This isn't the end of our journey. We're going to make America great again one way or another. He's going to go off into the private sector. He's going to have all this power or at least as much power as the big tech companies allow him to have. Yeah, he'll go to parlor. Yeah, he'll go to Rumble. Yeah, he'll go to, I don't know, whatever the new free speech version of Instagram ends up being. Whatever. He'll he'll do that. He'll be the biggest guy in the smallest pond. Is that going to ultimately help him long term? I, I don't know. I mean, look, unfortunately, we've given all these big tech companies all this power. And if he could stay on Twitter and he could be there badgering Biden every day, blah, 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 you know, well, look, what you, look what Sleepy Joe's doing. Oh, man, it would make for some great theater. Um, but it would also, you know, it would just be torn apart by the media every day. Uh, I like the Donald. He might have just had his moment. You know, I, I think that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh, he will have some influence, that's for sure. There's the ride-or-die people in the party. I'm one of them for the most part. I'm going to be very interested to see what he does heading into 2022, how involved he gets in the primaries, what he does on the private sector if he joins up with or starts up some media venture. You know, yours truly would be trying to get involved in that in some way, shape, or form, if possible. Um, and then 2024, what happens there? Do his kids start, you know, uh, uh, their political aspirations? Because in my opinion, they're not going to be able to do what their dad did. They're not going to be able to jump right to the front of the line. Don Jr. should be looking in the mayor of New York right now. Bill de Blasio is a fucking firestorm. And, and you know, Trump's not going to be very popular in New York. But Bill de Blasio's really unpopular in New York right now. It might be the time for him to strike while the iron's hot. They could certainly use some Republican governance in New York City right now, given the rise in crime and obviously with all the lockdowns and all the chaos going on there. And then you got, you know, Bill de Blasio and his wife dancing in the middle of Times Square by themselves in the most Lex Luthor-esque evil villain move you've ever seen in your life. He might as well just stuck his middle fingers up and just being like, you guys can't be here, but I can dance in the middle of Times Square with my wife because fuck you. And that's basically what he thinks about you anyway. So, um, yeah, that's there, there's a lot of things going on. 
in in the world of politics right now, obviously a lot of them are being, you know, talked about through the frame of the of this nonsense that occurred on January 6th. By the way, congratulate let me loop back to the moron rioters here. Because congratulations, guys. You were all pissed off about being stuck at home uh, and lockdowns and mask mandates and good. Yeah, congratulations. Now, you've given them all the reasons they'll ever need to continue those things for as long as they're in power. And you've possibly also extended the period of time in which they are in power. 2022 is going to be a real uphill climb for the Republicans now because of you. It was already going to be a tough road. It was already going to kind of be, we're kind of like a party without an eye, you know, a party without a nation right now. We're just kind of floating out there. We don't really know where it's going, who's going to lead us there. I know Ronna McDaniel is damn, damn sure not going to be fucking leading us anywhere. There's another thing I'm pissed off about. Whoever in the GOP party decided it was a good idea to put this bitch back in charge of the party. Why? Literally everything that good that has happened under this party, under her leadership, was a result of Donald Trump. Since then, we've lost the Senate, we've lost uh, the, the presidency, and she made no attempt whatsoever to really fight this election fraud at all. I mean, she is Romney's daughter, so I mean, hey, Romney's gonna Romney, I guess. Once a Romney, always a Romney. And she's just as worthless as, as her fucking father is. And and they just put her right back in power. Based on what? But Based on what track record of success did Ronna McDaniel deserve to get appointed to the GOP chair again? Who was running against her? And who voted for this? I, I don't know enough about the internal party politics, really. But at the end of the day, there had to have been a better candidate. There had to have been many other better candidates. And the fact that this chick ended up back in power of the GOP is just another sign of how lost this fucking party is. Is that, you know, with Trump going out, we don't really know what's going on. More uncertainty, you know, should not necessarily be met with even additional uncertainty, so I, maybe that's why we ended up back with Ronna McDaniel, but no, it's it's time for a clean slate here, unless you want Trump to be the focal point of this party for the next four to five years again, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but I feel like the establishment doesn't, and by putting Ronna McDaniel back in power and, and leaving Trump out into the wind like this, He's going to be go go scorched earth on the Republican Party too. Don't, I mean, Mitch McConnell's not safe now. Not that he has any real power anyway. I mean, we're fifty fifty in the Senate. I don't even know how the speaker, uh, you know, how the how the <laughs> how the, uh, the the majority leader works in that sort of situation. I guess we have co majority leaders. There is no majority. It's fifty fifty. Technically, the Repub uh, the Democrats will have it because of Kamala Harris, and maybe that's how that'll work. But Chuck Schumer is going to be the most powerful person in the Senate again. And, I mean, look, I mean, we're, we're all talking about Kamala Harris breaking the tie down there. We still got Romney. We can end up 51-49 with Kamala Harris just, you know, not even having to lift a finger. She can continue sucking 60-year-old Mary's guy's dicks until she gets to be the president, which I think was her plan. So, good for her. It's working so far. That's it, man. I, like I said, least scientific, very angry. I, I got just, I'm, I'm fucking furious at everybody. I'm furious at the media, furious at the Democrats. Furious at the Republicans, furious at a lot of conservative pundits out there that are just completely throwing Trump under the bus the same way that Nikki Haley and Ted Cruz are trying to do. They don't learn. This is why we don't win, because the one guy that we had that did win, we didn't learn anything as to why he won. We didn't fight for him when he won again and had it stolen from him. We don't know how to win because naturally, I guess Republicans are just losers and they're just okay with being losers. There needs to be something... You know, I said last week, uh, I'm sick of hearing about a third party. I'm sick of hearing about 
the eviscerate, you know, like I, I'm I last week or whatever last time you heard me, I was saying, no, 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 we just need to get rid of the Democrats. No, no, we have now changed 10 days later or whatever it is. We need to burn it all down. We need to just get rid of everything, wipe the slate clean across the board. We need to find a way to hit not a great reset because that's got its own connotations and I'm not interested in that. But something's got to happen here. It doesn't have to involve violence, but a parallel economy needs to exist. We need to we need to win out on on quality of service, on quality of facts, on 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 quality of opinion. They're, they're just we need we need to just be better. And what we saw on January 6, 2021 was far from showing our better side. We need we need to we need to find a way to regroup as a party, refocus on the things that matter, individual freedoms, getting out of endless wars, keeping government out of my wallet, out of my bedroom, out of my social media, out of my you know, technological devices I have around the house, keeping government as far away from the individual as possible. They play a role. Don't get me wrong, government's not entirely useless. I'm not in like a, a full-blown anarchist, but man, they get themselves involved in way too much shit and it never ends up better as a result ever. Healthcare, education, doesn't matter. You cannot name a thing that government has gotten involved in and it's got drastically better because it just never works out that way. The free market is 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 a wonderful thing and it has helped billions of people be lifted from poverty because it was left alone and let to do its thing not to be meddled with by a bunch of clowns that have never legitimately made a dime in their lives and have been sucking off the government teat, in some cases since they were 27 years old, until they ended up becoming the president at 76. And that's when they weren't getting money from foreign governments as well, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. I'm going to wrap up here because I'm thirsty and I'm like shaking. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm really fucking angry here, man. Like I, you guys know how much I put into this movement I mean, this this has been my life. Those of you who have known me since the Trump movement really started, this has been it. Um, you know, obviously, family, friends, hobbies, whatever. But man, this has been like the thing that has been the constant in the last five years is, is, is this fight. And we won it originally, and we were doing good. We won the battle. We won a few battles along the way, even. The tax cuts were great. The Supreme Court justices, I guess we'll see, but they're certainly better than the alternatives. Um there, there, there was a lot of like good things that came out of this, this administration. The lack of foreign wars, space force. I mean, like all these cool things that we did. Poof! Now completely undone by a virus, and then by this, this exclamation point at the end of it, which was the fucktard invasion. And I, I'm disgusted. I really, really am. I feel like everything I've done, the little that I did in the last four years, has now been completely undone. And that anybody who has opinions even vaguely resembling mine are now going to be compared to these idiots from now until the end of time. For, for as much as I dislike the liberals, I've been pretty good, I think, about trying to draw the distinction, distinction between, you know, kind of your mainstream Democrat, your radical lip leftist, your, your liberal, your Antifa. I try to, you know, not put them all in one big box, even though they do very much reside all in one big box. But there's little boxes within that big box. And not everything that's in any given box is the same as what's in the box next to it. But it, it just, now we're all in one big box. Congratulations. If you ever said anything pro-Trump on social media, if you ever got caught wearing a MAGA hat, your job is at stake now. Your life on social media is at stake now. This podcast is at stake now. 
everything could completely go up in smoke because of a bunch of fucking idiots that didn't think anything through. They were upset that, that QAnon lied to them for four years. They were pissed off that Mike Pence didn't arbitrarily pull the presidency back into the coffers of the Republican Party based on nothing and the loosest, most ridiculous interpretation of the, of the Constitution possible. Look, there, there was a lot of it, misinformation that drove the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter riots over the summer. A lot of it. Like the idea that the police are out there willy-nilly shooting black people for sport. That that was like one of the basis of, of those riots. It's complete fallacy. There is infinitely more evidence that this election was stolen from Donald Trump than there is that the police are some sort of African-American kill squad out there. That is not even remotely even in touch with reality. But look, even though you have a better point, doesn't mean that you have to act in the same buffoonish, barbarian-like manner that those people did. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet almost everyone who stormed that Capitol had posted something on their social media in the last year about the rioters and about, oh, when the conservatives lose, we just go back to our jobs. And when the liberals lose, they set your city on fire. Congratulations. You're now as dumb, if not dumber, because you thought you were better. And then it turned out you weren't. You might actually be worse than these people now. And I hope every one of them, again, gets locked up and enjoys a long, long prison shower yeah that's that's where we're gonna end it all right so i'm harrison bergeron you can find me on social media if you dare and if i'm allowed on twitter on parlor and on instagram at right opinion pod email the show if you'd like to get in touch with me assuming you know all of the social media gets shut down you can find me at the right opinion pod at gmail.com and uh also find the podcast at the right opinion.podbean.com humming media group.podbean.com rat salad review.com and on your podcatcher of choice just search the right opinion it'll be the thumbnail that's black and white and red all over like the new york times used to be and that's it folks it's this time where i have to remind you that opinions are like assholes everybody's got one but this asshole has the right opinion and you can only get it right here on the Right Opinion Podcast. I'm Harrison Bergeron, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Boom.